Welcome everybody to a Hope Alive Church podcast. This is Pastor Andy. We hope that you enjoy the word today. We hope that it grows, stretches you. We love you. We'll see you soon. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in the room today. I said I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in the house this morning. Hallelujah. Let's go to Mark, the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark in the New Testament. We are in part six. Can you believe this has gone six weeks or six messages? And uh, it shows no signs of stopping for a little bit. I'm just going to tell you. So we're going to keep leaning into faith. Everybody say a life. A life of faith. Mark chapter 11 verse 22 says this. Jesus is speaking and Jesus answered. How many are you glad that Jesus answers? Jesus answered and said, if you've got questions this morning, I want to tell you Jesus can answer those questions. Jesus answered them and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, you can, you can be assured, he said, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes, everybody say believes, believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Let's read that again together this morning. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Aren't you grateful for the word of God this morning? This has been our theme scripture for this series because it shows so much power in the word of faith and in the word faith itself. It shows so much power in the ability to believe. We've talked since the beginning about faith and having faith in God. And it's much more than just a, a doctrine. It's much more than just a, a series of, of trends and teaching and book. It's a lifestyle. Faith is a lifestyle. And Jesus is telling us you need it. You have to have faith. You're going to come in contact with some mountains and you're going to have to move some mountains out of the way. And when you do, if you do not have faith, you, ha you will not be able to move those mountains. You got to have faith. You got to have faith that will cause you to believe in your heart. You got to have faith that will cause you not only to believe, but to speak what you believe out of your, out of your mouth. And use your words to the advantage of faith and move mountains. I got to tell somebody, if your mountain is not moving, it's probably because you don't have have faith that you're speaking to mountains and it doesn't have it probably indicates that the enemy is trying to discourage you with what's in front of you but thank God we have faith today amen and as we're growing in this and I've I've warned you from the beginning this this whole series needs to be consumed in its entirety so you need to find it from the first one all the way to this one and here because some of the things that I'm going to tell you today were were preceded a few weeks ago with understanding of that too so eat the whole meal everybody say eat the whole meal 
don't just eat what you like and what feels good, but eat everything so you can understand. Don't just read the scriptures that feel good and make you feel all fuzzy inside. Read the scriptures that convict you and change you and challenge you and grow you and build you up. Don't just read the stuff that makes you feel good. Read the stuff that runs off sin and casts out devils and brings a authority and dominion to the life of the believer. That's why we need Genesis to Revelation. Every scripture, every chapter, every prophet, every apostle, every psalm, every revelation, we got to have it all. Everybody say, I want it all today. We're developing the characteristics of great faith. Everybody say great faith. Not just, not just subpar faith, but we're sharpening ourselves to great faith. That is what we got to do. We got to have great faith. In a world of, of great frustration, in a world of great darkness, in a world of great sin, in a world of great pain, the body of Christ needs great faith. The body of Christ needs great understanding. I want to read another scripture in the book of James. Go with me the book of James chapter 2. And today I want to talk, I talked Wednesday night about your words and how your words should align with your faith. But today I want to talk about bold action. Bold action. That's a key important part of your faith. How do I know this? Because James chapter 2 tells us, suppose a person claims to have faith. I know a lot of people that claim to have faith in God. But they do not act on their faith which means they sit on their blessed assurance. Some of you will get that on the drive home. My brothers and sisters, can this kind of faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister has no clothes or food. Suppose one of you says, well, I hope everything turns out for you. In the new Clifflations version that just said, we're praying for you, bud. A lot of Christians will pray for you, but will they have action to help you in your time of need? I hope, he said, keep warm and, and eat well. How do you tell somebody that don't got no food to eat well? That's the stupidity of sin and faithlessness. The Bible says, and suppose you do nothing about what they really need, then what good have you done? James chapter 2 verse 17 says it is the same with faith. If it doesn't cause us to do something, it is dead. The one interpretation says faith without works is dead. Say that with me. Faith without works is dead. I want to talk about bold action. I want to, I want to emphasize that we've done enough talking as churches. I want to emphasize we've done enough sitting the devil has people convinced that you come in here once a week and just sit on your butt and you're making a difference for the kingdom of God. Now we're worshiping, we're growing, but what is your faith causing you to do? Not just say you're gonna do, but do. You're doing something. You are in some type of action. You're either acting your own will out or you're acting the will of God. But something is causing you to move. What I'm trying to say is an inactive faith is not faith at all. 
If you're taking notes, you should write that down. An inactive faith, a faith that only says that it's faith-filled, a faith that only shouts uh, faith but doesn't act in faith is not really faith at all because true faith does something. True faith moves. True faith serves. What good is it if somebody comes up and says, I need, and you just say, well, I'm going to pray in faith that you, that you, no, if you have it in your ability to help them, what a faith without works is dead. Hello, somebody. Jesus even told us when you've taken care of the least of these, you've done it unto me. I'm telling you this because there is a passage of scripture in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 called the hall of faith. And the hall of faith, the author of Hebrews repeatedly describes how these Old Testament figures and Old Testament leaders accomplished what they accomplished by faith because their faith was demonstrated in the things that they did. By faith, Abel offered. Do you see that faith is followed by an action verb? By faith, Noah, he, he moved with godly fear. He prepared an ark. By faith, Abraham obeyed. And Abraham went out. And Abraham offered up Isaac. By faith, Isaac blessed. And, and all of these things that these great figures of faith, these great models of faith did they didn't just talk about it they walked the walk at the same time there is an understanding that we should have as believers as is this people are not just hearing our words they're reading the chapter and verse that we're living out in our actions every single day of the week your co-workers are learning the gospel based on how you behave how you treat those around you that are bad to you how you forgive your children are learning about a heritage of faith based on whether or not you will operate and you will respond in fear or you will, you will uh, operate in faith. What are they learning based on your actions? If they did not have their hearing, could they see that, that you loved them? Could they see that you were a good, could they trust you as a person? I've all, often wondered how, how do, do people that cannot hear, I love you, can they feel I love you? My Papa Charlie's laying on his, his last few uh, days of, of life or weeks or whatever the Lord uh, does, but, but I can, he cannot say he loves me, but when he, he squeezes my hand just like that, I know that he's telling me he loves me. Why? Because I've seen in action the goodness that's on the inside of him. He's not never been a person to just talk about it. Are you a Christian that just talks the talk, or are you a Christian that when you walk in the room, people know that the heavenly Father, is living on the inside of you you move you breathe you touch you stretch by faith faith without works is dead if we are going to demonstrate the character of great faith we're going to have to look like we have great faith we're going to have to give like we have great faith faith is the substance Hebrews 11:1 1, of things hoped for faith is a substance faith is tangible Webster says faith substance rather the definition of substance is a real physical matter of which a person or thing consists and it has a tangible and solid presence presence 
substance. What is faith? Substance. Say it with me. What is faith? Faith is a substance, a substance, a sturdy foundation underneath you that you can stand on and be built on and find peace on and find assurance on. A sub, the, the, the etymology behind substance, it is underneath you and you can stand on it. This stage is a substance because it's underneath me and I can stand on it. Faith is a substance because when everything else has failed you and you could build no foundation on anything else, you could build a foundation on faith. It is a substance that you can hold your head up high. When Peter, Pastor Martha was talking about when Peter got called out on the water, Peter got called out on the water and faith became a substance. The water, which is not normally something you stand on, he didn't walk on water, he walked on faith. A substance that he can build on. But we're afraid to take steps. We're afraid to move until we see something solid we can stand on. We're afraid to love because of the pain of past love that has hurt us. I'm talking real good to you on Sunday morning. We're afraid to give because we don't have a good substance that tells us that we can be carried to what is next. So we hold back because we don't have a substance. I'm freaking all them out when I'm doing this. They think I'm going to jump at any moment. Hey, I do box jumps. I'll do this right here in front of y'all. We need to realize that it is our faith that gives substance to the things we have hoped for. We need to realize that it is our faith that gives substance to the things we are desiring to see God do. I told you this a few weeks ago, and I feel like I've been saying it every time, but let me say it again. The reason why I believe we are growing in faith and why we're sharpening this level and measure of faith right now is because God has something in the near future for each of us that it's going to take a strong faith for us to be able to receive. A lot of people think they want blessing in their business, but when blessing comes and it looks like pressure and work and chaos, they don't walk in faith. They think it's an attack of the enemy. Wait a minute you ask God to bless you with more work are you really prepared to sell more houses are you really prepared to sell more cars are you prepared to get to work the extra hours to get your family in a financial position where God can stretch you and grow you and bless you that is why we got to sharp as a church I believe there is a lost and dying world that we got to get out of the streets and get to but it's going to take faith for us to walk into some places that everybody else has turned their, uh, their, their shoulder to. Can I say it? I believe Hope Alive Church is called to some of the dirtiest, darkest holes in our city. You know, there are two people allowed at Hope Alive Church, two types of people. The hurting, they're allowed here. The hopeless, they're allowed here. I, I love you. I really love you. But I want to go get some more that are hurting and hopeless. And for us to walk into places that churches will... You watch me. 
Listen close. The churches will ridicule us for the places that we are aiming. We got our eyes to go. We're going to tell addicts that there is hope. We're going to tell people who, 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 who service industries that, 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 that they take their clothes off and that they sell themselves just for a gain. We're going to tell them that there is hope, young lady. There is hope, young man. There is hope. There is hope for you. In order to do that, we have to have faith. Some of y'all I made nervous by talking about that. We, we need your seat anyway, as you can tell. My question to you is, what is what you're believing for inspiring you to do? What is what you're believing for inspiring you to physically do? If you're believing to lose weight, but you're not inspired to get up and be active... I wonder if you really believe you can lose some weight. If you're believing for your love, your marriage to grow closer in intimacy, but you're not taking time to go out and spend time and grow together and learn, and, and then I wonder if you really want your marriage to grow together in intimacy. Because faith cannot stay still. It causes some kind of reaction. What is the reaction? You remember the story of Joshua in the battle of Jericho. You remember Joshua was leading the Israelites out of Egypt. Well, they led them out of Egypt earlier, but eventually uh, Moses had passed and left it to Joshua. And Joshua continued leaving. They come upon this city named Jericho, and it looked big. It looked impossible, but they had to get through Jericho to get to the promised place that they were told they were going. This is the book of Joshua. If you want to go do your homework, I'm just paraphrasing. There might be some cliffhalations in there, but uh, I'm just paraphrasing. But Joshua came upon the walls of Jericho, and Brother Paul, they were big, and they were scary, and they looked impossible, but God told Joshua what to do. God told Joshua what to do. He said, I want you to walk around the wall for six days, one time a day. And on the seventh day, I want you to lead the children of Israel around the walls seven times on the seventh day. And they did exactly what God says. Why? Because faith causes you to act. If you are going to believe God to take down the big things that are in front of you, it's going to have to be possible that you obey God at his word and you act in accordance to what he has told you to do. In order to enjoy victory for the children of Israel, they had to do something. They could not sit in their camp and complain and whine and cry and call the pastor and call the prayer team and call all these services. They had to get up and do something. My my word for somebody this morning is God is telling me to tell you, get up and do something. Don't just pray about it and then cry about it. Get up and be who God called you to be. Walk in the authority God called you to walk in. Faith is an action and without action, faith is dead. Had God told them to do something and then they went back to the camp and sat in their camp and complained, then they would not have seen the walls of Jericho come down. Had they sat there and they called Joshua and said, like some of y'all do, are you sure we're supposed to be doing this? You know, if I told you all we're going to walk around some, some land one time a day uh, for six days and on the seventh day we're going to walk seven times, there'd be a percentage of you that would have every excuse in the book. We can't even get you to prayer on Tuesday night. 
they didn't like that. Sometimes we can't even get the body of Christ to agree with one another for healing. Agree with one another. They came into one mind and one accord, and you see what happens. The walls fell exactly like they didn't fear failure. They feared God. They didn't fear failure. They feared God. At any point, you allow fear to, of the problem to exceed your faith in God. I want to tell you the problem itself has become your God. Put that up there for me because I know that one hit home. At any point that you allow fear of the problem to exceed your faith in God, the problem has now become your God. You have focused your worship on the problem. Oh my God, what am I going to do about these bills? What am I going to do about my business? What am I going to do? Oh my God, I'm just, I'm so scared. I'm so worried. You've spent so more time in intimate worship with the problem that you've made an idol out of a God that was holy and could get you out. Instead of saying, oh my God, the problem, why don't you say, oh my problem, look at my God. Why don't you say, oh, you should understand what's coming behind me. Everybody say that's faith. As you see in Joshua chapter 6, the walls fell down because they obeyed God's word. Say this with me today. Say faith is moving. Faith is doing. Faith is marching. And faith is active. Faith is not passive. It is active. There is a certain type of believer that just says, well, I'm just going to sit here and just, just really cross my fingers and just maybe if I do everything right, maybe good things will happen to me. You know, good karma. Find karma in the Bible and then call me. Karma's not in the Bible. I don't believe in good karma. I believe in a good God. I don't believe in good vibes and the man upstairs. I believe that when I call on the name of Jesus, he picks up the phone and he answers me every time I call. Next time somebody says to you, I need you to send some good vibes my way, why don't you stop them right there and say, I don't do vibes, but I do do Jesus, and I'll call on Jesus on your behalf, and when I call him, he answers me, he shows me great and mighty things which I do not know. Faith is not passive. Faith is not sitting on the bench watching the other players play. Faith says put a helmet on. Faith says suit up. Faith says get in the game. Faith says don't just cry about your circumstances. Get up and try to carry the ball. Get up and try to do something. Faith believes and faith says, but then faith gets out of the mully grubs. Faith gets out of their depression and oppression and all this negativity. And they get up and they go again. And they go again. If you're in business, you know what it means to get up and go again and go again. Maybe I had a slow day of sales, but I get up and I dress up and I go again. Because if I keep going, I'm going closer and closer to my destiny nation closer to provision that is how we do it we live we walk we move we give by faith if you believe us shout for joy today so many people however are waiting for answers to just come to them to just knock on the door i'm here with your miracle Special delivery, thank you for ordering two days ago on Amazon. 
to receiving miracles, to being filled with the Holy Spirit, to seeing your family restored. It's not just spiritual things, it's physical things. You want your peace of mind back, but you sit at home and don't go get no help. When our tooth hurts, we go to the dentist. When our back hurts, we go to the chiropractor. But when our soul hurts, we hide ourselves in dark rooms. And then we complain why nothing is happening. Because faith without works is. If you need God to turn over your finances, don't just sit and wait on a financial miracle to come. Because if you just sit on your butt waiting on your big red boat, it ain't coming to your door. There's no water around here. You know what will come to your door? Job opportunities. You know what will come to your door? The ability to use the gifts and skills that he's given you. And if you will step out in faith, somebody told me a few weeks ago, I told them they were talking about a job and they said, oh, I'm way too overqualified to flip burgers. I said, how much are you making a day right now? Zero. I'll be flipped. Do you want fries with that? Would you like a biggie size or can I add some mustard and ketchup to your order? I ain't sitting around. If I got to make 11 or 15, I'm going to get up and do because the, the answer to your blessing is not how good you sit. The answer to your blessing is where you pick up a shovel and dig when nobody else is digging. This is how you get promotions. You dig while everybody else goes home. It's time the church stop being lazy fools. I said it's time the church stop being lazy fools. Get up and go to work and be the person of authority God created you to be. He gave you the mind of Christ. Use it. He gave you the favor of God. Let it go before you. He gave you a good name, which is better than riches. Let it work for you, but don't just sit around and complain. The same is true in the spirit. The same. God, I sure hope you're hearing me. I don't pray like I hope he's hearing me. I get in my man cave when, nobody, when everybody else is gone and I lock the door so they don't think I'm crazy. <laughs> I lock the door and I turn the music up loud so the neighbors don't think me and Martha are in there fighting. That's happened one time, Mr. DeArmond. Everything okay in there? But I get into my prayer closet, into my time of prayer, and I pray with action. I point to, y'all could do whatever you want to, to God. Me and God, we talk, we talk straight. Hey, bro! Hey! Do you see me down here in the middle of all this mess? I pray with authority and I pray with action. I don't just now lay me down to sleep. God is good. God is great. I sure hope you ain't going to be late. He's never late, but he's not an early bird either. I'm going to tell you that right now. Say amen to that. When I act on the word, it brings results. He's not waiting on your church attendance record to bless you. I'm going to say that again. He's not waiting on, are you a member of the best church in town? 
He's not waiting on, did you do no sins this week? Did you commit no, no spiritual offense? He's not waiting on that. Your sin does not shock him. I'm not shocked by sin either. I am amazed by grace though. Your sin doesn't shock him what he's waiting. I see what you believe. I even hear what you say. But are you going to get out the house and do something about it? Are you going to get up? Faith must be demonstrated, not discussed to be effective. I said it's got to be demonstrated and not discussed to be effective. We can't just sit around and talk about how big our faith is. We're going to have to be demonstrators. Matthew chapter 5 says you are the light of the world. You are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. So Jesus said in verse 16, let your actions, I mean your light, let it shine so men, before men, so that they may see your good faith, your good belief, no, your good works. And when they see your good works, they will glorify the Father in heaven. It doesn't matter what you say you believe if no one can see it. I said, it does not matter what you say you believe if no one can see it. You are here, you are equipped for a reason. That is why James chapter 2 says it is the same with faith. If it doesn't cause us to do something, I'm closing with this. If it doesn't cause us to do something, it's dead. Dead on arrival. Dead. Pronounced dead immediately. You smell that? Something stinks. It's dead faith who has decomposed because the enemy has convinced you your mistakes is greater than your destiny. It's, 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 what, it's what heaven smells. If heaven can smell our praise, I got a feeling heaven can smell our doubt too. I just got a feeling my dad would put me on a horse as a young boy and he would tell me, you got to relax because it can tell if you're afraid. It will respond if you're afraid. Don't be afraid. I, I feel like sometimes we go to church with people that your faith stinks. You know why? Because it's dying on the vine. You claim to be connected to the vine, but all you do is talk about your faith and don't walk about your faith. That smell, the atrophy of faith, the decomposition of Christians that say one thing and act another. This is why holiness is good for us. Holiness is not rules we live up to and we fail. Holiness makes our, our beliefs and our actions align, which prepares us for a holy heaven 
That's what, that's what the Holy Spirit is here to do, to prepare a sin-stricken body for a place where no sin can contain, can occur. There is a spiritual stench of dead Christians who occupy churches, but they become holy corpses by refusing to put their faith into action. They'll come into church week after week, but all they'll do is live in fear the other six days a week. I'm here to give you a good news, some good news. Today's a good day to start over. If you've been spiritually sick, it could be because you're not up and moving. Your faith is not active. A house that sits empty will deteriorate faster than a home that is occupied because no movement stagnates and causes death and emptiness. And ma'am, you've cried about your children, but you've not picked up the phone to call them. And husband and wife, you've, you've fought about your relationship, but you have not been humble enough to say, we need some help. We broke it. We broke it. We, we were both stupid and we, we broke this holy thing. God, pastor, counselor, teacher, can we put it back together? I don't care anymore who you say you serve. I don't care anymore who you believe you think you serve. I wanna talk to people who are willing to open up their hands and serve with the hands they say that praises him and mend the broken and to go find the addict. I pray for the rest of my days as pastor of this church that we never get so comfortable that we don't have a seat for somebody who stinks on the outside, that we don't have a place for somebody who smells like last night's liquor. Because every one of us, whether we want to admit it or not, maybe our outside doesn't smell, but our faith stinks. Because faith without bold action is dead. Stand with me today. Who am I, who am I talking to? I want our prayer team to come and assume position this morning because I have a feeling that this hit home for somebody. I don't just have a feeling, I feel that the Holy Spirit is showing me that you've lived with a dead faith for too long, sir. Ma'am, marriage, business owner, addict. Oh yeah, I'm talking to an addict who prays the drug away, who says the drug away, but then takes no action. True faith is action taken 
to the, in a response to the unseen God. True faith, not just static, you know, cognitive assent, but true faith spurs one to act in unity with the Spirit of God. Like Pastor Martha said, Peter fell in the water, but then he linked armed with Jesus. And in the middle of those times when we do see the storm, I still got Jesus that I'm in arms with. I'm calling two actions out this morning. Number one, if your actions have not aligned with what you say you believe. And if any one of these prayer workers pray a, a judgmental prayer, they'd be out of line because we we're not judging. But if you fear, feel the stick or the pierce in your heart, the Holy Spirit is probably convicting you, pushing you to change. It's time the body of Christ, because here's the thing, your family's waiting on you. Your coworkers are waiting on you. They hear what you say, they see the scriptures in your cubicle, but then they see actions that are something different. And they say, I, I, I see what that holy roller is doing, I mean, it's saying, but what they're doing is something I don't want nothing to be involved with. Everybody say action. Bold action. So bold that I can walk into the enemy's territory and I can gather up the things he stole from me. And then the Bible says he has to return it sevenfold more than what he took has he taken something from you and you haven't had the steel the guts the courage to go back and go get it today I'm calling you to action pick up your arms pick up the shovel pick up the phone pick up your word pick up a job application <laughs> Pick up something, but don't just sit on what you believe anymore. Close your eyes and bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray release. I said release. Release from pride. Release from fear. Release from discouragement. Maybe they have tried in the past and it didn't happen the way they expected. Well, Father, I pray that you would reveal to them that it is not their expectation that they should be looking for, but your expectation they should be looking for. Lord, as we sing these songs of worship and these altars flood with people who need prayer, who need a touch, First action is for that, but the second action, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, which means you've never completely given him the title word to your heart. Today is the day every one of these prayer workers will lead you in a prayer of salvation. You can begin a new life with you. Maybe you have, but you've turned from him. Turn back. Today is the day. Get out of your seat and come to the front. Let us pray for you. Just lift your hand.
Well, we hope that you enjoyed today's message. Follow us on our social media platforms. You can also go to our website, download our app. Uh, we always have great things happening. You can follow what's going on. We love you. We'll see you later.